0: Chapter Fourteen of David Wart Griffith: A Brief Sketch of His Career by Robert Edgar Long. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Mary Schneider. Chapter Fourteen: Mamaroneck and Home. On the island of New Providence, largest of the Bahama group, D. W. Griffith and his little band of players settled down to the work of picture making. Grateful to their creator for a deliverance that was to them a miracle here beside the waters of glittering emeralds reflecting the glories of the tropical sky here amid rude huts covered by palmetto leaves in a thick jungle and along the shores of the magic isles griffith busied himself with the finishing touches to black beach for the purpose of completing which he and his company had made their perilous journey black beach finished the griffith party said their farewells to the native families and prepared for the trip home as Griffith and his company were about to wave their final good-byes, an old man came running down the beach. He had traveled seven miles to give his blessing to the departing strangers. He thrust a bundle wrapped in jungle grass into Griffith's hands. Take him, he said. No can buy, I give him. No can sell, but so long you keep him, he be good to you. No danger hurt you, no enemy beat you. You very good fellow, good-bye he was gone back into the jungle from which he came but the little bundle remained with griffith and always will remain ever reminding him of that comforting no danger hurt you upon examination it was found to contain an obeah head symbol of obeahism the religion of certain of the natives of the bahamas it was severely and crudely carved from a wood not unlike mahogany blackened by time and with every evidence of long and faithful service in keeping away the evil spirits when griffith returned to new york on new year's day nineteen twenty he carried his Obeah head close to his heart no it's not a superstition he said it's a reminder a memento of my greatest adventure griffith's return to new york had a deeper significance than a mere visit He did not come hurriedly this time to put on a production and as hurriedly steal away to his California studios. He had come to New York to stay, and this fact, fully realized by his friends and associates, made his homecoming the more welcome. Nor was it to the scenes where but seven years before he had labored that he came on New Year's Day. Instead, out at Orienta Point, on the magnificent estate of the late Henry M. Flagler, he entered his own sumptuous studio buildings, the most modern and complete that genius could devise. In the selection of Mamaronek, one of the most beautiful towns in the north shore of Long Island Sound, Griffith has chosen a location rich in historical associations. Back in 1661, September 23rd to be exact, john richbell bought mamarineck from the indians and the compact was made on a spot overlooking the little waterfall where the fresh water meets the salt this being the meaning of the indian name mamarineck george washington visited mamarineck over a hundred years after the john richbell transaction and there stood until recently the chimney of the little house on the old post road where the father of his country is reputed to have spent the night Across the road from this site there is an eminence overlooking the sound. It is called Heathcote Hill and is now dotted abundantly with magnificent residences. In revolutionary times this hill was the scene of a skirmish between American and British forces just before the Battle of White Plains. On the historic ground where D.W. Griffith's studio was located and in the immediate neighborhood, James Fenimore Cooper won and wed his bride several of cooper's famous novels including the spy were written while he lived at mamaroneck he made some of his characters dig for captain kidd's treasure in the sands of long island sound where now the griffith employees dig for clams when not otherwise employed in the more artistic pursuit of motion picture production the former country estate of henry m flagler on Orienta point comprises thirty acres the residence consisting of the original building and a right wing or annex is being used by griffith for his personal headquarters and for his company's executive offices rehearsal rooms scenario department dressing rooms for players costume department developing assembling and cutting departments and various other activities associated with picture making the older Flagler residence was built in 1882 at a cost of $230,000. The new wing, built several years later at a cost of 80000 gives the combined building a total of 47 rooms. Since the death of Mr. Flagler at Palm Beach, Florida in 1913, the old mansion has been occupied only twice one summer season by Mrs. Pembroke Jones and the following season by General Miller of Franklin, Pennsylvania. William Cohen, Mr. Flagler's caretaker for 29 years, still remains on the property now as an employee of Mr. Griffith. The new Griffith studio buildings include the main structure 85 by 174 feet, a projection room 50 by 75 feet, a powerhouse 50 by 50 feet, a developing room 50 by 200 feet, carpenter shop 40 by 80 feet, and a number of other buildings, including a laboratory, engine room, garage, outdoor stage, etc. Here, where the fresh water meets the salt, will be created many of the future Griffith productions, beginning with the two stories on which he was at work in the Florida and Bahama Islands to complete his contract with the First National Exhibitor's Circuit. These will be followed by a series of special productions for United Artists, a corporation known in trade circles as the Big Four, whose membership is composed of Mary Pickford, Charles Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks, and D.W. Griffith. And here, too, is found an institution of more far-reaching significance than might appear on the surface just as david wart griffith was one of the early pioneers who discovered and utilized hollywood california as a cinema field so also has he become a pathfinder in the more effete east and through his pathfinding has raised a question which is considerably interesting the real estate operators of long island what effect this migration from the pacific coast of america's foremost cinema genius will have on the productions of the future cannot be foretold, but that it will have a very great influence is at once apparent. Griffith often had been referred to as the most copied man in America, and this is not without considerable foundation, as all the things he created and used in the making of his pictures, the close-ups, the fade-away, the long shot, missed photography, etc., have been copied by others, it is reasonable to expect a certain amount of following the leader in the matter of journeying eastward to establish producing headquarters while the presence in new york of griffith very clearly indicates his decision to make a number of his future productions here he undoubtedly will journey back to california from time to time just as he will journey to florida and kentucky or to cuba and other places for the purpose of securing certain scenes necessary or desirable for proper atmosphere when asked for a statement as to his future activities griffith said los angeles or any part of southern california always will be a desirable location for making of cinema productions The perpetual sunshine and delightful climate conditions render it ideal for this purpose. But any locality can be overused. By that I mean the constant use of the same streets and buildings, the same residential lawns and terraces, is bound to have a bad effect on productions. Motion picture audiences are very observing, and they are sure to become tired of seeing the same neighborhoods over and over again regardless of what particular production they are witnessing it has become an established fact that even little children attending a moving-picture entertainment can tell quite accurately where certain scenes are photographed so accustomed have they become to seeing the same house the same street the same lawn and even the same old street-cars and motor-trucks consequently it is but reasonable to expect a change of scene eventually and this can be brought about only by selecting new territory for the taking of exterior scenes as it would take the entire area of the world to furnish enough new locations for the quantity of pictures being turned out today, is but logical to seek a change from time to time to give variety and newness to productions however i am glad to say this for california never have i found any place more delightfully ideal than the golden state not alone as a territory for motion-picture production but as a place to live and to enjoy life the people of california are real people they live close to the soil and are genuine human beings there is no bluff or sham in california things are not on the surface there they are beneath the skin and nearest the heart Wherever my labors may take me, no matter how far afield, I shall enjoy a realization of homecoming on returning to California. As for my selection of Mamaroneck, New York, as a site, for the present at least, it was done both for its charming environment as well as the unusual advantages it affords in its transportation facilities. Its splendid waterfront, its fine inland scenery, beautiful residential sections, excellent roads, invigorating climate all recommend it for motion pictures. Its nearness to New York City also gives it a particular value since every section of the metropolis and its environs can be reached easily and without discomfort. I will return to California not once but many times, but I expect to make New York a permanent headquarters. End quote. And New York welcomes David Wart Griffith with all the warmth and appreciation his fine achievements deserve. End of chapter 14 End of David Wart Griffith, A Brief Sketch of His Career